have you ever used it for trying to figure out what it is that you're looking for? Oh, no, that's an interesting idea. So being like, I my, my favorite sci-fi books are The Three-Body Problem, Jurassic Park, and, I don't know, The Martian. Who's an author that would be at a, that would be a really good intersection of those three? We were talking about on Twitter the other day for, like, book recommendations. This machinehood book, that sounds super interesting. That's exactly the topic that I'm looking for. I might actually go buy that book. That sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> that's partly the magic of ChatGPT is, like, it misses a lot, but then sometimes it just comes up with something where you're like, that is absolutely perfect. And I never would have found that otherwise. You can't write articles better than me, but it can maybe give ideas for a fiction outline better than I can do on my own. The other thing you can do is you can say like, what do you think should happen in this opening scene? Matt, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here. Obviously, we've known each other for quite a while. You've gone through in that time, you've gone through a couple different like phases as a thinker, as a creator, as a writer. And I think when I met you, you were just coming out of the um, sort of like marketing uh, growth kind of phase and you were entering in your tools for thought and like Rome phase. You've subsequently gone into crypto. You're writing a book about that, which is super exciting, or you've written a book and it's coming out soon. And now you're into books. And I just, I'm just very excited to have you on this show because I think you're, you're just one of those people that, that thinks really deeply about how to use software to help you think um, for, for productivity purposes. I think like you were one of the first people to discover Rome and really popularize it. You had that like amazing Rome course. I did an interview uh, with you on your Rome system. And I'm just like, I actually owe that uh, to our, our mutual friend, Adam, who uh, originally turned me on it. Another part of this Twitter gang. <laughs> the, the, one of the, the first every employee, the first real every writer, yeah, Adam, yeah. Adam Kiesling. Um, and so, yeah, I just have a feeling that you have some interesting ways of thinking about this and interesting ways to uh, use it to extend your mind and your creativity. And so I'm, I'm really excited to get to talk to you about it. Sweet. Yeah, I, I'm excited that you're doing this because... I have found some good use cases for it, and it has slowly trickled into being a, a daily driver phone home screen app. But I, I am also occasionally impressed by ideas other people have had <clears throat> for how to use it too. So it, it does feel like we're we're just very in the early days with discovering, you know, how can we use this strange thing, which is fun. We haven't had a lot of tools like that in recent history. I sort of think uh, all of the things that we thought, you know, in the note-taking days, like the the Rome research or Evernotes of the world would do for us in terms of the second brain, like that's actually, a lot of it is actually happening. Like the, the bi-directional links was like, not it, this is it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the, these are, these are true tools for thought in the way that note-taking apps can never really be. Totally. Totally. So let, let's dive in. Like, how do you use ChatGPT? Take us through uh, Take us through some use cases. So it looks like you're using it for getting book recommendations. I know you've been trying to write a sci-fi novel and you're looking for some inspiration. So you went to ChatGPT and you wrote, is there anyone today writing great near-term hard sci-fi science fiction without involving space like Michael Crichton? Like, why did you write that? Why did you originally go to ChatGPT in the first place to ask that question? Uh, it's the kind of sci-fi that I find the most interesting. And... Um, and I was like, okay, well, you know, if I'm looking for more writers like this, 
what would be a good place or you know, who would I ask? And the places I would normally ask would be Reddit, Twitter, or Google. And, uh, you know, with Google, you've kind of got to like open a few links and cross-reference between them. Um, and then like with Reddit, you might have to do the same thing. Twitter, you've got to wait for responses. Reddit, if you post a question, you have to wait for responses. This is just like much faster because I assumed the information was out there somewhere. Um, and it did a pretty good job, right? And the nice thing is like, you know, you can always say like, okay, cool. Can you give maybe five more? And we'll go out and grab more of them. Um, I mean, the, the one thing that can be kind of disappointing is it feels like, okay, these first two, it just went to this article, right? I'm like, okay, I probably could have just like gone to this article. I bet it's the first article on Google, right? Um, but it at least filtered it for contemporary ones. Um, That's a thing that... Uh, if you Googled for it, there might be an answer if someone has already created a list. But for a lot of those those kinds of queries, like for you, it's like that does not involve space. Like there's probably no list that's like specifically Michael Crichton. Um, Michael Crichton-like uh, writers uh, who've written about things that don't involve space. Like I don't think that's a pre-existing thing. And yeah, sometimes if you're if you're a creative person, you're like, you want to find examples that fit this one of one type category that cuts across lots of different categories that like it cuts across lots of things that people may have composed into lists, but it's not, there isn't one list. Cause like that, that's so specific to you and what you like. And I think, um, ChatGPT is like really incredible for surfacing things like that. Um, because it, it can, it can go through all the lists that have ever been composed and filter it automatically for this one of one category that you just came up with. Yeah, and I also just don't trust Google results. And so I, I, I'm sometimes disappointed when it just uses Google results for the answers because, so like you were saying, I used to work in marketing and I specifically worked in search engine optimization. And like most of the results on Google are not the best answers to a question. They're the ones that are like best engineered to be there. Um, and so it's hard to find actually good information. You used to be able to go to Reddit and find it, but even Reddit is being engineered now for SEO. So... <clears throat> There, there is a little bit of a like, okay, how do we surface good information, not just well-engineered information? And it, I think it is at least a little bit better than just going off of search results. Um, and it certainly helps to filter them, right? Because that, that other list had, what, 10 people, but this one has, has filtered it down based on the criteria of like being alive and not talking about space yeah. too much. And I think that's a good note for a tool like this. Um... It's, it is sometimes nice that it uses web browsing, but when it does web browsing, it's going to, uh, the results it gets are going to have a really big impact on the quality of the response it returns. And if you explicitly ask it not to use web browsing, you might get different results. Um, the, the trade-off there is like, uh, when it's when it's not using web browsing, it's much more likely to hallucinate. So you may get it recommending authors or articles or books that don't exist. Um, but it, it it has the potential to be more creative because it's not being limited by the search terms it happens to use to like find the answer to your question. Yeah, and it looks like it didn't use search for the second yeah. set. So I'd be curious to look at some of these authors. Have, have you heard of any of these? Did, did any of them sort of like ring a bell for you? No. And so like what I might do is instead of going and searching for them, I would say, you know, what are the best known works from each of those five authors? 
that fits. And then just kind of see what it comes back. Now, with. It's, now it's browsing. So it's, it's going to be pr pretty, pretty likely to probably find something real or say, Hey, by the way, uh, I made that person up. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I love this. I love this for, for, um, for this use case. It's like, once you know what you're looking for, it can surface things that wouldn't, you would never have found otherwise. Have you ever, have you ever used it for, um, the previous step, which is like trying to figure out what it is that you're looking for. Um, so, oh, no, that's an interesting idea. So being like, I, my, my favorite sci-fi books are the three body problem, Jurassic park and, uh, I don't know, the yeah. Martian, right? Like who's an author that would be at a, that would be a really good intersection of yeah. those three. That's a good idea. I haven't tried that's, that. That's one of my favorite things to do. Cause like I have, I have all these lists of authors I like or quotes I like or whatever. And I can just like take the list, paste it in and be like, what are the patterns here? And it just uncovers patterns mm. of uh, patterns in my taste that I never would have put words to before. Um, but once I, once I have it, it's a really powerful tool to like, be like, no, no, no that, that is what I like. Like, I really like, uh, emotionally re resonant, like philosophical, analytical writing. Um, and well, that I know, I know that because of ChatGPT. Okay. This result is coming back pretty interesting, mm. actually. Like, right. So like, I already know that the second one wasn't actually fitting what mm -hmm. I looked for. Right. Cause like human interaction with the alien ecosystem. It's like, I'm not looking for space, mm -hmm. right? Okay, but SB Divya, this machine hood book, that sounds super mm. interesting, right? Like, that's exactly the topic that I'm right. looking for. Um, I might actually go buy that book. That sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read it? Have you even heard of that book? I heard I've of never book. heard of it. I think, like, that is, that's partly the magic of ChatGPT is, like, um, it, it, it misses a lot, but then sometimes it just comes yeah. up with something where you're like, that is absolutely perfect. And I never would have found that otherwise. Okay. So you, you can't see this because it's on a different tab, but I'm looking at it on Amazon. This is how I know it's probably a good book. It's got a 4.2 rating, right? So it's not like a 4.7, 4.8 mass market. Everybody just loves it. Only 600 ratings, right? So it's, it's not super widespread. But it's an editor's pick on Amazon for best science fiction and fantasy. And it the the top endorsement is from Ken Liu, who says it's Zero Dark Thirty meets the social network. And it got it got nominated for a Hugo Award. This is like a perfect intersection of like, oh wow, it's it was endorsed by Ray Kurzweil too. Okay, like this is a fantastic recommendation, right? I love that. Okay, I love cart. that. <laughs> you saw it here live, folks. Um, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super curious, actually, like, um, your evaluation criteria for whether or not a book is good. Like, you just went through this whole hmm. list of things. Like, where does that come from? That's a good question. I mean... I think that, you know, there, there are multiple reasons to read a book, right? One is pure, like, you know, popcorn, right? Like I just, I just want to be entertained. I just want to have fun. I just want to like go on a little journey yeah. here. And, 
and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's a great reason to read a book. And if that's what you are looking for, then you want the 100,000 reviews, 4.7 stars, like, you know, Oprah's Book Club, whatever. Like, you want those books because those are, like, pretty much guaranteed to deliver that experience if you enjoy um, that, that type mm -hmm. of story, right? <clears throat> but if you want something that is, like, is not going to be a, like, you know, for lack of a better term, like, cookie-cutter plot right like something kind of new and interesting or like there might be rough parts to it but it's going to like maybe expand a little bit of what you think of as like what you can do with a novel or it's going to introduce some interesting ideas right like it's going to do something a little bit different so you're not going to feel like oh yeah i've like done this before then you kind of have to look for something that has yeah the like maybe the not great reviews especially if it's a lot of like five stars and one stars right like that's a really good sign. Um, or it's got incredible endorsements, but then mediocre ratings, right? It's like, okay, so some like smart literary people really liked this, but then a lot of like mass market readers didn't. Like that might actually be a really good book. Um, like th those things to me are often really good signals, right? Um, because it, it's, it's the books that like don't really say anything, but are like wonderful junk food that get the best ratings usually um you see that with like nonfiction too so um that it's like if i'm looking for that kind of experience then that's the kind of like rating spread or whatnot that that gets me so you're kind of like uh if if there's a love if there's a love hate dynamic with the the, the crowdsource reviews on amazon that's like a that's a book you want to you want to look into because it's probably saying it's it's probably taking a real position yeah, yeah. And if I think about some of the books that I have enjoyed most, right, like, you know, anti-fragile or just like Taleb in general, right, very divisive person, divisive writing style, like a lot of people hate him, a lot of people love him, right, uh, it's like, and but, you know, he's very opinionated, it's interesting, I mean, a, another one of my favorite fiction books I read in the last, like, year or two is this super manic kind of dark novel called Stephen Florida, and yeah, it's got 200 reviews on Amazon with a 4.0 rating. Um, but it has a very strong endorsement on the cover from the author of A Little Life. Right, which is like, you know, incredibly well-known, like, literary fiction, right? Um, so it's like there, there's, there's a disconnect there. And it's a great book. So... But to your point, this, this would be an interesting way to use ChatGPT, right? To say, I mean, we could even try that, right? Like, let's just give it a go. I really enjoy manic dark fiction like Infinite Jest, Choke, and Stephen Florida. What? Um, you might want to ask, like, how would you, like, how would you describe that? Or, like, you know, like, ask it from, okay. yeah. How would you describe the overlap? How would you describe the taste in books for someone who really likes Infinite Jest, Choke, Fight Club, Stephen Florida? Uh, do I have any other examples? My fiction bookshelf is at home. Uh, oh, Blood Meridian.
That, I mean, that's a really good description. I really Isn't love it? that. Like that, that uh, bottom one? Yeah. Intellectually challenging, offer unconventional narratives, and don't shy away from darker, more complex themes. Like one of the things that I get from this actually, which is like so interesting, is it's it's a huge part of how you write too. Like I'm I'm not surprised that that's the kind of those are the kind of books you like because um I think a, a big part of your writing is like sort of challenging conventional narratives and offering an, an unconventional one. Um uh and and yeah, I think your writing is is highly intellectual. Um it's a it's a really interesting it's a really interesting thing. Yeah, this is super powerful, right? It's like you know, a, a great way to expand your um yeah, your your readership. I, I also like, you know, honestly that sometimes these these things or whatever. Uh an interesting way for me another follow up interesting question for me to ask would be like who are some women who fit yeah. this theme? Yeah. Right? Or who are some like uh Asian writers or Indian writers totally. or uh Russian writers or something who like fit this theme because it's like I mostly read American yeah. white guys and like it's not, it's not like a deliberate choice. It's just like what ends up coming in front yeah. of my view. Um, but there, there are definitely like people with different backgrounds who like touch on this style yeah. too. And so it'd be an interesting, it'd be an interesting way to like broaden that lens without doing it in kind of like a force yeah. contrived, like checking the diversity yeah. box. Yeah. No, I like that. I think, um, you know, it's like, okay, first you get the words, you know, you get the, the dark complex themes like grittiness all that kind of stuff and then you get the i want you to expand this definition in this in this one dimension like i want to read i want to read writers that are not just like white guys like who else has done this but like it would be almost impossible to google for that what you what, what you'd need ordinarily is to like ask someone else who has the same taste as you but like is slightly different in that dimension and i think yeah you're yeah, right like chat gpt <laughs> say that again so it'd exactly, it would be hard to person. find, but ChatGPT is that person. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, I, we should, I should show you some Yeah, yeah wait, I just want to see. So, so uh, I guess like, see yeah, what says, you think yeah. about, like, have you read, um, you know, up, up, up above it said Don DeLillo, Don DeLillo, Thomas Pynchon, Margaret, now it's saying Margaret, Margaret Atwood, Toni Morrison, like. See, this yeah. is interesting. Um, Toni Morrison and, uh, Octavia Butler have both been on my like list to get to at mm. some point. And so it's like, it's kind of confirmation, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, um, Margaret Atwood, obviously I know of her, but she hasn't been on my list yeah. as much. Um, and then Joyce Carol Oates, I have like her, um, I have her short, uh, short mm. stories on my mm. shelf at home, but I, I just have Lydia Davis them. is great. I, uh, I really, really, I yeah. love her short stories are really good. Dude, I, I don't like reading short stories. I don't know if that's weird. I, I was the same way. And then I read I read some Lydia, Lydia Davis and Ted Chang. And I was like, oh, I actually like short stories. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, <laughs> um, cool. But yeah, let, let's, um, let's, let's move on. So, so you're using it to help you find new things that are sort of on the same vibe um, of, of things you like. Um, yeah, what, what else are you using it for? Okay, I, I mentioned this one. I just want to bring it up in case nobody else brings it up in these interviews. It's so good for recipes. Mm. So basically, I was like, I have a bunch of ground pork in my freezer because my friend gave me a quarter mm. pig. And I was like, okay, I want to make a stir fry. 
or I just want to make something with this, like Asian style with rice. I also have a bunch of green onions in the fridge. So like, give me a recipe. And it did. That's amazing. Um, like a very simple stir fry. And, you know, I, I changed some things out here. Like I just didn't use vegetable oil. I used like ghee mm -hmm. instead. Um, but like, this isn't a complex recipe. It gives you all the instructions. You don't have to get through, you know, 2000 words of someone's life story to get to the right. recipe. Um, and it's, it's good. Like, it, you know, I've cooked this a couple of times now. It's a great mm. recipe, but here's the really fun thing. Okay. Because like, this is all I gave, them, right? right? Asian ground pork, good with rice, green onions. And it comes back with this. The problem was I didn't have any hoisin mm. sauce. So I said, I don't have hoisin <laughs> sauce. Can you modify the recipe? And it's like, yeah, no problem. And it replaced it with brown sugar, which is apparently a good substitute, um, which I didn't realize. And then, you know, the, everything else is the same, but it's like, all right, cool. Like you've got this recipe, it needs to be modified and it can just do it on the fly. And the, the thing I haven't tried that I bet would work is if you take a, a picture of a recipe with your phone mm -hmm. and upload it and say, hey, can you extract this recipe and then modify it to replace this ingredient? Because I don't have it. I bet right. it would work. I haven't tried that. But if you're working with a cookbook, I'm sure it, it definitely it. it definitely will. It's the vision stuff is so good yeah. and it's it's so useful for stuff like that. So, yeah, it's like if you've got, you know, stuff in your freezer that you haven't put to work yet or like you want to try new recipes, but don't want to flip through a cookbook. I mean, this is really, really mm -hmm. powerful. Um, it It's awesome. I love cooking with that. It. That's amazing. Um, it, I saw I saw up like sort of. If you scroll up on your sidebar, I think I saw something like recipe related in your in your custom GPTs. Is that did I remember that right? Oh uh, no, no. Okay, so this is just something else okay. I've been playing with is on the like book mm. notes. So like because um, I, I have you know like three hundred of my book notes published mm -hmm. on my site, so I've been trying to work on a custom GPT to like surface results so from cool. them. Is it working? Um, what are it's it's close. It it sometimes has this issue. Let's just see if it works. Um, how do you uh, reduce anxiety? And the way I have it set up is it looks through. Right now, it's just going to the web version, but eventually, I'll upload all of them, so it'll just be able mm -hmm. to search. But what it does is it goes through like all of my three hundred notes pages, finds them, <clears throat> and then pulls out the like relevant mm. piece from that book and then links to mm. that book. So you can be like, Oh, this book seems to be talking about this idea. Like if I want to explore it further, like here's a great place to start. That's fascinating. Are um, you, do you find yourself using this? No. Um, one, because it's not totally yes. working yet, but two, because I want to make it part of my like book influencer mm. thing. So basically I want to have this as something that people who follow me on TikTok and Instagram can like go use if they're ever looking for book recommendations. Because cool. people ask me right. all the time in my comments on videos, they're like, oh, can you recommend a book right. on XYZ? And it's like, I can't respond to mm. all of them, but they can come mm. here and they can plug in a question and it'll tell them every book I've read that touches on that topic if they want to go like That's pick really one. Cool. And it, it links them to like my notes on that book. So they can go see all the notes. They can see my review of the book, um, everything. And look, this is a pretty good result. Right? I love that. Yeah. I, yeah. And like I, the first thing that came to my mind was 10% mm -hmm. happier, but like, oh, deep work talks about anxiety too. And like work clean is not one that I would have thought of, but it totally yeah. does now that it's mentioned it. One thing you could do, which could be kind of fun is 
you could load into a, a GBT your list of books that you've read, like one sentence about what you liked or didn't like for each book, which would fit into one prompt. Mm -hmm. And then you could have ChatGPT recommend as you, like based on, even based on, it doesn't even have to be like a book that you've read. It could just be like a book that fits the taste yeah. that it knows you have. That's yeah. a good point. I'd be really curious to know yeah. if that works. So that, that's been a fun little project. Um, yeah, let me see. There's a couple other little ones I wanted to quickly show you. Okay. Yeah. If you've got something. So, okay. So if you have like data that you just want formatted a slightly different way, like these are timestamps for a YouTube video, pasting it in and saying, can you put brackets around the times and remove the spaces? It's <laughs> like way faster than doing it yourself, which is like a, a a silly thing, but it's helpful. Um, yeah, I do think like ChatGPT is like really good for. There are all these things that that we do in life that that we're like we're doing subtle translations for. We're subtly transforming a piece of information that's in one format into another format, and like you know, computer uh, computer language was developed. Um, or machine learning was developed in large part to do like actual translation between like English and French or like French and German or whatever. Um, but I think it turns out once now that we have language models that work really well, that there's a lot of translation that needs to happen between English and English. Um, and sometimes it's like between just like one format and another. Sometimes it's like there's a subtle way that people in tech talk, for example, like if you're trying to write a, a product spec for a you know, piece of software you're building. And if you're not a tech person, you can't write that, but now you can. And I think that's so powerful. I agree. Um, okay, another quick Great. one. Uh, bar, Barbet mm. type things, it's really good mm. for. So I was having this conversation with my friend, Neil. It was like, there, there will be probably within our lifetime companies that build businesses around converting atmospheric CO2 into like mm. stuff because all you have to like, if you just pull off the carbon atom, then you could like use all those carbon atoms for like something else. Mm. Right. And that would be like one way to try to reduce carbon dioxide in the mm. atmosphere. Um, or, you know, maybe it'll just be profitable to do it. I don't know. Right. Um, and so I was like, well, how much, air would you need to make a diamond right like could you have a business that just captures co2 and then like poops right. out diamonds and <laughs> oxygen like it on the on on the like physics level it should be right. possible right but you know is it energy efficient whatever and so i was like well how much air is it and it just like does all the math right just like really That's really amazing. cool uh it walks you through every step and dude the volume of air is much smaller than i expected it's a little less than a cubic huh. meter and so then I said, okay, well, how much CO2 does a person exhale in a day? And then it gives you how much air you give out in a day. <clears throat> About 10 cubic meters of CO2 per day. So you could make about 10 diamonds a day. <laughs> Just by breathing. <laughs> Just by breathing. 10 one carat diamonds per day by breathing. Right? Like. Man, I mean, like, and, I'm working so, so hard now. Like, you know, like, I don't need I to be know, working like, this we're, hard. We're wasting all of this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought that was super interesting, right? Like, um, I don't know what I was reading recently. Maybe it was in Anthology of Biology. Maybe it was in Novacine. Yeah, I think it was in Novacine. Um, he was talking about how, like, uh, we might eventually have diamond-based processors. Mm -hmm. 
Interesting. Because it could, like, it might just be a superior material for it, more than efficient silicon. one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And, and so if we were like, <laughs> if we just have machines that pull carbon out of the CO2 in the air and then print, you know, poop out diamond processors <laughs> for like self-replicating machines or like that, that's actually not that crazy of right. an idea physics wise. Um, it's kind of that's fun to think about. It's like a very "Where is my flying car?" type idea. Novacine is the is the book by Jim possible. Lovelock, who's the guy the guy the guy yeah. hypothesis guy that sort of looks at the Earth as like yeah. one living organism as opposed to many organisms. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's good. Well, that's great. Um, let me see if I have any other fun ones here. <laughs> I've used it for news stuff sometimes. Mm. Mm. So that's helpful. Right, like I, I literally just, I don't follow any yeah. news stuff. Like I just don't let it into yeah. my life, but sometimes I'll hear something mentioned by a couple yeah. of people, but I like, I don't want to go to New York times or whatever. I don't want to go read a, a piece on it. So I'll just right. ask chat GPT to like summarize right. the information yeah. for me. I love that. Um, I honestly yeah, did that I mean, recently when I was, I had to write a, a summary article of what happened at OpenAI Dev Day. And like, the, I started by just being like, what happened? Even though I was there, it was really helpful, you know, because it just like puts it all into a format that makes it easy to be like, oh yeah, that happened. I need to put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really smart. Um, I, I can keep doing yeah, Let's keep going. Like so scroll up. I, if, if you don't mind, like I would love to just like look through it and see if I can pick through anything that looks kind of interesting. And, and if you don't want to show us anything like, you know, that's totally fine. No, yeah, totally. Uh, it's great for writing. Yeah. How do you, how do you use it for writing? Do you have any examples of that? Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a lot. So I, I haven't found it very useful for nonfiction mm -hmm. writing, to be honest. And like, <clears throat> saying this with the utmost humility, I think it's just because I'm like much mm -hmm. better at it than yeah. it is. And so like, if I need something explained, it can be helpful. Like, you know, how, how, you know, how would I describe this right. thing or like, can, you know, so I can fact check mm -hmm. myself, but like actually writing, um, I haven't found it very useful, but with fiction writing, I found it more helpful just because I'm like much weaker mm -hmm. there. And this is one good example, right. Which is like, this emotion comes up kind of often, right? Like I feel a sinking feeling mm -hmm. in my stomach, but you don't, you don't want to write that 10 times right. in a book, right? Or like 20 right. times in a book. And so it's really, really helpful for alternative ways to describe mm -hmm. things. Um, and, you know, some of them are like a little contrived, right? Um, a heavy sensation way to put down my insides <laughs> or like it's so weird, but um you know, and even some of these can be modified to be better, right? Like I was stricken with nausea or, uh, you know, a pit formed in my stomach, right? Uh, stomach dropped, right? These are all like good alternatives. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very helpful for that. I've been using it for, I don't know if I want to show this one on the chat, but I can describe it, right? Like um, basically like pasting in, details on a scene mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. a novel and then asking chat gpt what questions it has about mm. that scene is is really helpful what's, um what's helpful yeah, maybe we can just do one live quickly yeah. yeah let me just show you uh i'm working on an opening scene for a 
sci-fi novel. Let's see, I'm working on a sci-fi novel where uh, what happens in the sci-fi novel? We could even like, um, you know, take a chapter of a book that you have that's like already a release book and just paste it in there if you have one available. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could just, um, okay, let, let's just take Fight Club, right? I'm working on a novel where the man is franchised with society and slightly psychotic <laughs> starts a secret underground fighting club <laughs> with other men as a dark form of therapy. His best friend turns out to be a hallucination. Spoiler alert. Imagination. In the opening scene, he is flying home from a business trip and discovers I don't remember if it's still being seen or not, that his apartment has exploded. And then you could, and like, normally I would paste in five or six mm -hmm. bullet points about, like, things that I think are going to happen mm -hmm. in the scene. Um, but the other thing you can do is you can say, like, what do you think should happen in this right. scene? And we should probably preface this by, like, ChatGPT knows about Fight Club, so it may... Yeah. 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 It's probably going to just pull in stuff yeah. from Fight Club, but, um, but some of these questions are really good, right? Like what's his emotional mm. response to seeing his apartment right. blown up, right? Like, is he secretly happy about it? Is he freaked out or like, what's the interiority, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Police and firefighters should be in the scene. Like, what does that right. interaction right. look like? Um, it, all these little things can be quite mm -hmm. helpful. Um, if you hadn't like thought yeah. about them. And what I usually find is when I do this, I'll ask it to give me like 10 mm -hmm. responses. It usually does, right? Like it seems to be going towards 10 right now. And one or two of them will be right. very helpful. Like most of them won't, but they'll occasionally have um, some like very helpful details right. in them. Um, it, it's also helpful for like, you can say, um, or okay, uh, you could like if you if you had an idea for a story and you wanted to flush it out, you can say something along the lines of, "I'm still working on flushing out the whole story. Can you give me a Joseph Campbell hero's journey outline of what this whole story could look like?" Mm. And I've found like a couple interesting ways to do this. So one is to feed it a bunch of these story yeah. frameworks. So feed it the hero's journey, feed it the seven part story structure, feed it the five or the nine part story structure, feed it the three act structure, feed it five act structure, right? Like um, you can give it a bunch of them and see what it comes up with. And you can regenerate each response mm -hmm. a few times. And then like from that, you can make an mm -hmm. outline. Uh, or you can like apply whatever you like in it to your existing mm -hmm. outline. And then you can feed that outline back in and say like, you know, what questions do you have about this outline or what holes do you see? Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, anything along those lines. Uh, That's really interesting. So when you say feed it, like, 
are you putting all of those structures in at once? Or are you starting a new chat? You're saying, I want to do Joseph Campbell's, uh, you know, hero's journey. Here's the, here's the premise of my book. Like, can you help me flesh it out into a hero's journey? And then going on to the next one, are you doing like, here are a bunch of different structures. I want you to flesh out this idea in all those different structures and doing it all at once. I would probably do it all in this chat. Mm -hmm. So I would be like, okay, great. Hold on to that thought. Can you try again using I this see, structure? See. But like, don't carry over anything that you right. just thought of, you know, start from scratch, something like that. Um, but like, this is a pretty good mm -hmm. outline, <laughs> right? And like, again, it's probably pulling from Fight Club. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not doing... Um, like it's not a, it's not doing a bad job. We could pull a pretty great story yeah. out of this. <laughs> this is um, this is fascinating, um, and this is great too because yeah. I, you know, I'm sort of I'm so, sort of in the beginning stages of fiction writing again, and like I've been wanting to outline because I do think the outlining is helpful for like doing great plot driven stuff, but I'm just not like an outline yeah. person, and this is cool for that. And the, the thing I've found is like kind of like with nonfiction writing, it's not very good on right. its own. You have to give it a lot of your own creativity right. and guidance, but it can give you that extra like 10, 20%, yeah. um, or it can like help speed up the yeah. process. So it's, it's been very, very helpful. I'm sort sense. of curious, like, you know, I, you know, even moving away from some of the like practical hands-on stuff, like for you, like, I think a lot of people tried ChatGPT and they're like, ah, like, it doesn't give me the right answer or whatever. And they sort of get frustrated and move on. But it seems like you've managed to um, be okay with the fact that it's dumb sometimes, or maybe it's dumb a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and you've also managed to find lots of different places in your life where it can be useful. Like um, tell, tell, tell me about that. Like tell me about the mindset that you have to learn to use this well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, before we go on, I should mention this use case in particular, the outlining I actually got from our mutual friend, mm. Nathan Baugh, who talks a lot about like storytelling and fiction writing on mm. Twitter. So if people are curious in this type of stuff, they should go follow him because he has like a lot more resources mm. on it. Uh, and it's something we talked about mm. quite a bit, but yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know. I think it's like a, you know, it's like any person, right? When you work with other people, you realize that they're like good at some things and not good mm -hmm. at other things. And if you expect them to be amazing at everything, then you're just going to be disappointed, right? So I kind of just think about it that way in the sense that like right now, it's, it's like a very eager teenager with an internet connection, right? Is probably where I would put it. And like, I'm better than a teenager at like most intellectual mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. probably but not everything right and certainly not at the things that i have never done right. before so yeah it, it can't write articles better than me but it can maybe give ideas for a fiction outline better than i can do on yeah. my own and it can certainly do these little things that i could do but you know don't right. want to do right the way you might outsource something to right. a va um <clears throat> And so I don't know, I, I think just like having that idea that this isn't, you know, it's not a God, <laughs> right? Like we're, we're still very early in its, in its evolution. Um, and kind of like having that mentality is very helpful. And being willing, I, I think also like, I don't know. I mean, we, we all grew up in the era of 
you know, having to install drivers on our Windows machine and like pop the disk out of the N64 and blow on it and pop it back in. Like it takes a few tries to get stuff to right. work. Not everything is right. an iPhone. Um, or at least it used to be that way. I feel like people are getting spoiled by technology now. Uh, back in <laughs> our day, you had, to, you had to struggle with it. You didn't know if you were getting a virus or a real song from LimeWire. It was exciting. <laughs> it gave you the gumption to explore new technologies, you know, not exactly. like the kids today. <laughs> no, no. Just ask Siri for everything. Um, no, this is this is wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to show this to us. Um, excited to excited to get to chat with you once again about sort of tools for thoughts stuff. And uh, I'm psyched for your book to come out, man. Excellent. Yeah, July. It's coming up soon. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, dude.